You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom Brocha, this is a special Shivos of Batamu's Shior, the Yortzeit of uh, Shmuel Yaakov Weinberg, um, the 24th Yortzeit. Uh, I turned to uh, almost in the last minute, when I realized it was indeed his Yorzeit, um, I turned to uh, his Talmud, someone who has been sometimes referred to as the last of Rav Weinberg's Talmudim, that the last real Talmud of Rav Weinberg, and that is Rav Yechonon Meir Bechofer, um, a Talmud Chochem of renown, uh, the author of Evan Shasia and the CEO of an organization named after that work, an organization that is meant to open people's minds uh, to the beauty, the grandeur of Tera, infused by the spirit, not only of Rav Weinberg, but of Rav Bechafer's other Rebbe, Rav Moshe Shapiro. So on this day, uh, a Sefer Torah was burnt, but prior to history, the Luchos were uh, broken. Uh, so uh, an obvious common theme of, of a certain aspect of Torah being uh, removed from us. All right, so, but uh, the obvious question is like this. All right, uh, yeah, and the Maral actually makes point of this. So, you know, well, you know, well, you know yeah, explain why you know, Shivasa Tamas is not the, an absolute tragedy. It's just the beginning. Just the beginning. It's not the end, as opposed to Tishabah. But he says, Luchos. Luchos efshar ba'acheres. The Ramaral says that very interesting point. You know, Luchos is 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 the beginning of a problem, but it in itself is not an absolute tragedy, because uh, Luchos got replaced by second Luchos. That's what he says. Right? And uh, you know, similarly with with the Sefer Torah. You know, and then he he says that to contrast that with Tisha B'av, uh, which uh, you know, uh, the, which uh, represents you know, well, we can discuss this when we come to Tisha B'av, right? Of you know, uh, hitting like rock bottom, rock bottom, you know, absolute end. Uh, but of course, he uh, he puts a spin on that. From rock bottom, you could only go up. You could only go up, right? And that's why the uh, the three weeks, uh, you know, the, we only do a little bit of you know the tenth day, the tenth day of Av. Because you know the uh, the main burning of the base of Mikdash happened on the tenth day, they only lit the fire on the ninth. Uh, but you know, but his point is, you know, after Chatzos of uh, you know uh, of the tenth day of Av, it's all over. It's abruptly over because he says, "Listen, you've passed the you've passed rock bottom. It doesn't. It can't get worse. It can only get better." I right? words that Shivasavatam was everything about it is the beginning of the end. Uh, as opposed to uh, you know uh, Tishabub, the end of the end. Uh, so uh, one would ask a question like this: All right, so you lost the Lucas. So tomorrow puts a stress. This is not the end; it's the beginning of the end because we see, you know, it, it's not it's a, not an absolute tragedy because they were replaced by Lucas. Right? Same thing. Torah. You could you could you could write another safer Torah. Right, and I guess we could thread that through, you know, with the other things that happened this day. They put a tzelim in a heichal. You could take the tzelim back out again, right? And if the uh, korbanos, you know, the tomid stopped on this day, you could resume, you know, uh, making uh, the korbanos, right? So yeah, all understood. So here's the question: So what did you lose if it's uh, as we're 
fixable, replaceable. So what did you lose? So what's the tragedy at all? Right? And, 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 that's the, uh, and, and that's the point I want to dwell on, right? that uh, you know, the replacement is, unless we do Chavashlema, right? the replacement is not as good as what you lost. Right, as we see, we continue a downward spiral, you know, from Shivas or Batamas all the way to Right now, when we do Chuvashlema, right? Uh, so of course, Chuvashlema, you know, corrects the problem totally and down to the roots. Uh, but if we would have done Chuvashlema for Shivas or Batamas, right? So then there would not have been a Tishabav. Let's say three weeks later, you know, when the city was breached on Shabbos and Batamas, clearly the breach of the city is the beginning of the end. The end is the burning of the base of Mikdash. Well, Chuvashlema means that uh, it would have the problem would have not gotten any worse. Right? So there, there, there comes there that there's a uh, you know there's a tragedy. There is a remedy. There is a remedy, right? There is a remedy for what happened. But the remedy is not as good as putting you back to prior to the tragedy having happened in the first place. Now, the, the one who actually spoke about this uh, at great length, I'm remembering a Torah from the Bari Lur, from, from Jakob Weinberg. And he had a pretty radical take on this. He, he coined the term. Uh, I, I never heard it from anyone anywhere except from his mouth. Retrogression. You know, putting Torah in writing. Uh, you know, the fact that we needed the Talmud formulated by Rabina and Ravashi and subsequent writing. Tikkun or uh, Kilkul. What would you say, Rabbi Kivalevitz? Hey, you want this to be a conversation? I'm ready. Um, if you don't yeah. mind. I don't mind. I Listen, I came to you at the last second. Yes. So the, the, the Ksivas HaMishnah or the Ksivas Let's yeah, go with the Ksivas HaMishnah. Right. Tikkun, right. I mean, the right. Obviously, it was necessary, but it indicated a new Tkufa that, that was, the, and, the, and the glorious Tkufa of everything uh, being busy Karon was gone. And there was a greatness of not having to have it written down. There was something about the significance of the one-on-one meeting with your Rebbe the memory, the memory power that you needed to use, the intense connection that you had to have with your teacher, that was lost and was, uh, in a way, um, uh, it was it was not decimated, but it was clearly pared down in the next generation. Uh, but Plan A was, you know, that you would never teach Torah Shabbat from a book. Right, uh, people keep private notes, as is well known. Um, we're not going to get into all share on this right now. Uh, people keep their private notes for their own, uh, but Torah Shabbat should not be taught from a book, right? If, if the Bible, you know, if God Himself said do it this way, you can't tell me we're better off doing it a different way. You can't tell me that, right? So, uh, you know, and if Chazal have a drasha that says, So you're right, there seems to even be uh, an Asharas from the Torah not to write Torah down. So, your point, I'm just strengthening, yes, that, that was right, the way God that. intended it. But, but of course, you know, well, where would we be without the Mishnah? And of course, we celebrate the Mishnah. Right. And until Ravina and Ravashi, Talmud was freestyle, uh, you know, uh, non-uniform uh, discussion 
of the Mishnahs, the Brisas, the Toseftas, and, and going through the analytical process that the Talmud goes through uh, to give us, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, you know, the clarifications, the Piskei Halacha, right? Uh, you know, so now, uh, of course, who could, uh, who could in any way, uh, you know, not celebrate the Talmud Bavli? What would life be without it, right? But uh, would it not have been better if we would have not needed it in the first place, right? And and uh, now he went. He was. Uh, it's his big day. Uh, in other words, it would have been better had we not needed the Talmud Bavli. Even yes, we would have been. We would have been able to extract the halacha and the intellectual uh, firepower out of the tenets of the mission itself. Life without Hanukkah and Purim. So, in other words, even right, the I, I don't even, know, I don't, I, 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 I know. Well, could we really hold on to the religion if we didn't have Purim? Really, I mean, this is uh, so for B'nai Yeshiva, no, but I would say for many of the in the Balabatisha world, it would probably be something that could be pared away, and I don't think their religion would suffer too much. Oh, well, you know, you know, Mikoch the Torah and and with Rishus from Shamayim. You know, came up with remedies, you know, uh, for whatever chet we were guilty of, whether it all has to do with Kofle Marka Gigas, you know, that there was a chisorn that had to be filled in, whether, you know, uh, God forbid, right, uh, you know, in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, whatever the reason, right, so the Rebarshim gives us a remedy, and we celebrate the remedy, and we should not, and, and no reason why not, and no reason why not, you know. But you have to ask the very big philosophical question. It would have been better to have never needed the remedy in the first place. That we could have just sufficed in our Avodah Hashem with the Yomim Tovim that were given at the time of Matan Torah without the Yomim Tovim Durabara. Right? Yeah. I, let me, again, since we're playing catch and pitch, I would I throw into that the very startling statement that Sforno makes in a number of places but specifically when it comes to Vidui Maestris, where he indicates that even the system that in the Torah itself, God felt needed to happen, which was taking away from the Bechayrim, the schus of being the representative of the family and of the Oivdim. And because of whatever happened in the Chera Ego, and that, that showed the Bechayrim not being able to go up to the plate and be the cleanup hitter that was necessary, the Rabbani Shalom made this switch of Becherim to Kehanim. And the Sforno says, when we do Vidui, and we actually indicate that um, we have done all the mitzvahs correctly, we've given the Trumais to the Kehanim and the Maestras to the Leviim, that itself is a Vidui because we need to reflect and saying it could have been different. And maybe the Sforno even declares that it might go back to being the way it was before the Chet HaEgel, where the family itself was the representative of the uh, the sort of the emtsoi between the family and God. It was in every bias. You didn't have to have the formality of a Koyin and the formality even of a Beis HaMikdosh. So that is, in, in a way, again, they say Rav Chaim Brusker uh, felt that that sforno should be should be ripped out of the book because it's so. But again, if you if you want to take Rav Weinberg's question, I I, I will say that uh, a, a a thinker as bold and brash as Rav Weinberg himself, uh, since 
Adamarishon. Since Adamarishon's right. head, right, right. right. Or maybe yeah. even from, if you want to take it back further, from the Shvira Sakelim of the Olam right, right. right. Yeah. If one, if if one wants to get Kabbalistic about it, you could even say, right, right. So, yeah, but but the but the point is like this, to, you know. So uh, when we when we have these, uh, you know, even these big big achievements on the milestone, you know, big milestones. On uh, on on Plan B, uh, you still have to uh, you know uh, be makir. Would have been better if we could have always held on to Plan A. Uh, you know, so and, and so uh, that that was just a very big tire of his that uh, that as as we as these remedies you know and uh, remedies that we celebrate why should you not celebrate the remedy if uh if it really helps you out you know Baruch he went so far as to suggest you know how Levi you know we've never been pohul at Salma and not needed the whole nace of Purim in the first place uh you know I, and he said it even about Hanukkah whatever had you know brought the Yavonim on Levi to have never gotten there in the first place you know uh it is uh, it is interesting to note that uh, you know, uh, you know I asked, uh, even before I heard this come from Yaakov Warnberg, I once asked this to Rav Nachum Lansky just this philosophical question, and he wanted to posit, and I've seen an idea in Svarim that maybe it's Pemakum Shabali Chuva Omdim Afil Tzadikim Gemurim Enam Yecholim Lamod. Maybe you know it is a kilkul that led us into let's say Purim or into Hanukkah. But what's to say that you know we did chuva, you know we did chuva, and uh, and sometimes you know uh, you know you bounce back better than ever, uh, and and it's, you know begetter I feel take room and we call him and you know but of course it, you know you are admitting that Hanukkah Purim, the Talmud Bavli, you know the Mishnah, you know, these are all beside Baal chuva. But maybe being a Baal Shiva, bouncing back sometimes has benefits, you know, when, uh, of course, when you don't go into the Chet in a premeditated way, I'm going to ask to come to that bounce back because the Mishnah warns us that will never work. Don't even try it. Uh, you know. but, but but the end result is, a, is if we going back to Odom Arishon and even beforehand to the Shvira Saikalim, what goes on here is a Biranitzitzis, right? In other words, what we have is is yes, we went down, but what we erected out of it was made out of the bits and pieces of the place that we fell. And that place at one point had been outside of the Machna. It had been beyond the air of holiness. And by it becoming part of the reconstituted self that we now present, we now have an aliyah of of, of those, as we say, those nitsaitzas, those sparks that otherwise would never have been there. So that really does jive with the Kabbalistic thought that Rav Nochem Lansky uh, lives in and thrives with. Uh, don't say that the tragedies of Shavas Matamas are, 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 are absolute ends. They're like the beginnings of a gash forming. And, and the reason that the Maral gives, because there's nothing that happened on Shavas Matamas that's not, uh, that doesn't have a remedy. Okay. Then so why is it a tragedy? Because the remedy is not as good as if you know uh, you would have never uh, had the problem to begin with. So now I believe the Maharal himself uses this muscle, and which fits very well. You know, he, he, uh, you know, 
the mushroom is definitely in sphorin, right? If you have a gash in fabric, there's a starting point and there's an end point, right? And, you know, and, you know, well, you know, the famous word, you know, heard from my sister when I was a kid, a stitch in time saves nine, right? When the gash first starts, sew it up right then and there, because right? you let it, you know, it'll just expand, expand. And the Maharal suggests that that's really the relationship between Shivasa Matav and Tishabov. Today is when the, there's the first crack, you know, which is very pronounced by Hovka'ah ear, the first break in the walls of Yerushalayim, the breach, the beginning of the gash, right? Uh, now, uh, so like true to form, you know, it's very hard. So, so, you know, okay, stop it before it expands, right? Stop it before it, you know, it, it, it really gets really bad. And, 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 and Tisha B'Av, it got really bad until Tisha B'Av, and that's the absolute end of the gash in the words of the Maran. From there, we can only go up, right? Uh, and that's why everything, the whole Avelis ends in one shot and right after Chatzos on the 10th day. But but here's the point I'm getting at, right? You know, so you could reference, says the Mara, I'm pulling a different Maras together with this Torah of Rav Weinberg, right? So you, you replace Luchas Rishonas with Luchas Shnias, right? You replace the danger of Shechas Satira, you know, with the Mishnah, right? Uh, you know, you're doing patchwork. So now you put a patch on the gash. You put a patch on, on this little tear that started. Is the fabric as good and as strong as if the weave would have never been cut at all in the first place. That's the point. You know, so, so you, you really understand the omek of what the Maral is saying, you know, of why Shivas Ritamas is not in the same league uh, with uh, Tisha B'Av, with Rav Weinberg's Torah. It's retrogression. Lucho Schneus, you know, retrogression on... Uh, on on the uh, on the on on the uh, on the loss of Lucas Rishonis, right? Uh, you know, and 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 if a safer Torah was burnt, so even though you could write another one, MS, uh, but there's something irreplaceable about the safer Torah that you lost, right? There's something irreplaceable about it. There is a downshifting in Madrega. There is a certain vulnerability. Let, 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 let me just interrupt for a second here. You know, that's yeah. probably when we take a look at the uh, the five dvarim, and we don't know who Apostomus was exactly. That's a debate among the historians. But did you understand that it was just it was Sarva Apostomus Atera Lachira? If if you want to view it as a major tragedy, would be a campaign to burn Taira everywhere. In other words, the Sarf Apostomus doesn't just mean that they burned one, but everyone's it was almost like a, a uh like searching out Sifre Taira and burning them and therefore making it very rare that people would have the Nusach Taira. Is is that the way you understood it? Maybe you did not, but that's the way I, I understood it. No, I, I never uh, really uh, thought about, about it. it. That's correct. I never really <laughs> thought about it. I'm embarrassed to say, which uh, for a real time to yes. Um, the the Hufkair, um, the Corbin Tumman stopped. Oh, hey, they had the Corbin Tumman until now, and then you have this, you know, Sarva Pustamus Satera, sort of like, well, what was that? Now, him at Selim Behechal, you, you, the 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 chutzpah of a Selim being and the Heichal together with the Shulchan and the Menorah and the Mizbech, the 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 tableau itself is so grotesque and terrible. But you know the burning of a Torah, anyway. So I, I figured it was probably a campaign against 
Tyrish Shabiksab and burning them down. But anyway, but go in. Right. I mean, I'm saying, okay. as, as you say, the remedy to that would have been to discover the one that was remaining and, and trying to, to redo stuff. But, but you're right. A, 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 a nation wounded by such a campaign doesn't always bounce back, right? They, they feel that, the, like you say, they feel the scar of, of, of being attacked and they're not exactly the same, even when it comes to the excitement they might have of restoring the Torah. But go in. Okay, fine. So now, I, so now, uh, so let's try to quantify, uh, you know, what was in what way are Luchas Shnias not the same as Luchas Rishonos? You, you, you know, why it could be that uh, if a Torah was burnt, it may not be uh, easily you know, replaceable to the point that it's as if you never the Torah was never burnt, right? You know, you know, and 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 I think you know, um, you know, the same thing. You know, tzelim beichol. You would think if you took the tzelim out again, like was theoretically possible, yeah. right? The heichol still there, so it's not it's not too late. Take the tzelim out. You know, so what? You know, so what happened? You alluded to that, the big chutzpah. You know, how are you affected from this one time trauma? Let's say it's the tzelim in. You take the tzelim out. You know. So why is that Lidaris? You know, uh so I think that there's a very uh you know, and maybe with this we could threaten with you know, why the idea of the Tumid being stopped, even though it could, and as Mao says, it could be resumed, right? Uh you know, but you know, the, the it's the never stop- gonna be Tumid. In other words, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Listen, when you know, when you when your perfect record is broken, it don't make a difference, right? You don't got the perfect game anymore, right? Okay, you don't exactly. you don't got it. So, right. uh, no, yes, you, so, we, you, so yes, we could quantify that. Excellent. No, so you, you said very good. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, so it's not Tumid. It wasn't Tumid. It was, it was stopped for a while, right? So we, and we're that, never going to have that. There was a time that there was yeah. Karbonis every single day from the Zman of Shiloh or maybe from Meshach Rabbeinu, who knows, that there was always that Keves Achad Sheni. And when that stopped, that really indicated a, a, a Pagam in a, a, you know, in, in a, uh, in a real way, and I would say in a um, hyper consciousness type of way of the relationship okay. between Knesset Israel and God. Yeah. But go and, ahead. Okay, and then I, and I want to qualify that pagan, and, and with this steer directly into the legacy of Rav of Weinberg and what we lost on this day. Uh, yeah, the the pagan is in the the perfect, pristine clarity of the MS of the Torah. The perfect, pristine clarity, a clarity with much less, and if any, sveikot, a clarity of, of, of zooming in exactly on what the Rebar Shalom wants, a clarity of, uh, of you know, uh, you, know, a, a, you, know uh, you know exactly where you're holding with the Rebar Shalom. You know, we, we know exactly uh, what our relationship to him is. You know, a person could go to certain minyanim and watch certain stupid videos uh, and then think if he shuckles his tuchas right and left, the Rebarshim for some reason actually likes that. And he's very close to the Rebarshim if he's feeling, you know, besimcha, you know, tuchas shuckling. You know, what happens when they realize that the Rebarshim doesn't really care about that? You know, what's going to be, uh, there, there's a real relationship with that Kurdish Baruch and then there's a fake one that you think you're close to the Rebarshim. Because you've set up your whole system of pseudo values that aren't real values, right? 
you know, or what we call virtue signaling, right? You know, so your, your connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is more in your imagination, you know, than in, uh, in reality, you know, uh, when you get to Shemayim, they're not going to ask you if you broke into spontaneous dance during uh, Psuke de Zimra, you know, they'll ask you Karisa, Shanisa, Shimatka, Tamele Chachamim, and they'll ask you about the tzedakas that you did, you know, uh, yeah. And also, 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 klima, right? But you could fall into a, a state of confusion that the, the Ratzon Hashem is a bit obscure and, and it gives rise for a lot of dimyonot uh, and haziot. How would you translate haziot? Illusions. 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 Illusory, deceptive things, yes. Right. You know, you know the... Uh, <laughs> You know, the, uh, the madrega of, of the first luchas, of uh, luchas maisel kimhema, even the body was holy, just like the tablets are holy, that, that corresponded to a state where the body is holy also. That means that if the body is maisel okim, just as much as the michtav, michtav elokim, right? So that means that the, the body is not going to run interference between you and das terah, Right? You know, the brain, which is part of the body, is not going to play the same tricks on you if the body is so refined that it's also called kivyocho, kivyocho, maisel okim, right? You know, the, the clarity of, of, of Mahmoud Arsinai, which was, uh, which was uh, expressed, expressed with the first luchas of cholam roim esakolos, you know, they were so pure, they could even see the word of God in everything. They can see also like you're on that level of clarity. You see, you know, you see, and, and, I mean, of course, Kabbalistically speaking, they can look at any nivra and, and see the Dvar Hashem that, that, that in that nivra. And that's why I heard from my other spiritual father, Moshe Shapira. Why is an object in, in Hebrew called the Davar? Davar means a word. It's called the Davar, Dvarim, you know. Uh, it's either called the Davar or it's called the Chefetz. And he said, because everything, everything was created by word of God. And, and, and Lashon HaKadosh zeroes in on the essence, on the essence of things, right? On the pure essence. And the essence of things is the Dvar Hashem HaMechayehu, the Amotzer Pi Hashem of that thing. And they could see it. You, you lived in a world of, you know, of such clarity, right? Uh, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and the Eitzor was very much, you know, on the defensive, he was off-center in that world. And, and the Luchas Rishonas represented that level, right? And, and it was all lost because of Cheta Ego that we fell from that level. So now I ask you, Luchas Shnios, right? That have all the Gishmak of Torah Shebaal Peh, Asher Shibarta, Yasher Koch Asher Shibarta, Altser Bluch Shalino Techem Shebaluch Shalino Shibarta, Jilch Shalizal Yubem Medrish Halachos Ve'agados, Right? You know, that, you know, that, uh, you know, Barbara used to speak out from the Arizal, right, that the Luchas Nis relative to Luchas Rishonos is like this between Tarsha Bechsav to Tarsha Baalpet, right? You know, Medrash Halachas Va'agodos, but, you know, we need Medrash Halachas and Agodos to supplement, right, how we just don't see the obvious truth, right? So now we use Pilpulim and Drushas, uh, to uh, to try to do some uh, deduction, deduce the truth. You could deduce correctly, or God forbid, you could reason and talk. Really, you know, the, the pshat, I think the way the Maral explains the Gemara in Menochis about Rabbi Akiva's confusion 
as to, uh, I'm sorry, Moshe Rabbeinu's confusion to Rabbi Kiva's Derech Halimud, right? When, when, when yes. Moshe gets a gander at the way Torah is being learned hundreds of years later, a thousand years later or so, um, he's surprised. He doesn't understand it because Moshe has it Meirosh, he doesn't have to deduce, right? It's even, you know, and again, this is the king of Teresh Abalpeh, but of course, Moshe Rabbeinu is, is, he doesn't get it, right? Because with Moshe, it's direct. He's about seeing it. He's about seeing it. Yes. Moshe is about seeing it. Tmunas Hashem Yabit. You know, uh, he's about seeing the truth, uh, not deducing. Uh, that is correct. That is correct. Uh, you know, uh, so, you know, so now <laughs> you, you don't have to be, we don't have to get all mystical. After you've seen that traumatic experience of Atzalem being Behechel. So if you actually saw that with your own eyes, you know, you know what type of spiritual trauma that is? And now let alone if you saw it with your own eyes and you got desensitized to it, right? That is the scar. That is the scar. Otherwise, Selim Behechel was unthinkable, unthinkable. Now it's perfectly thinkable. And maybe, just maybe, you know, it may have cooled down your enthusiasm of, of, of uncompromising, relate, uncompromising Hashra Sashtina, which also would demand from you, demand from you, an uncompromising uh, relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Don't cut yourself any slack. Right, lo of the saw avodah zara el kdei lahatir laatzbam arayas befarhesia. Right, it's a two way street. You know, uh, sometimes we desire an alternate lifestyle, so to for enter it, right, answer for it. You know, we start questioning the absoluteness of Torah, and sometimes if the cause and effect is reversed. If the absoluteness of the Torah gets cooled down in our eyes in any way. You know, that could have immediate ramifications to a cool down and how much we are meshubit to our Kaddish Baruch right? You know, and, and totally unswerving from both the strict letter and spirit of halacha, right? Right, so you get the luchoshnias, you get a different Sefer Torah, which is no doubt in my mind, you know, uh, you no doubt in my mind that the, the, the as whatever, however you understand, the, what, you know, the Sefer Aspostormus wrote, wrote the Torah, Right, but uh, the uh, you know why did it have such a traumatic effect? But it was like a, a level that we we lost that level. You have patchwork, and it's not the same like it was before. It's not the same, right? Yeah, and that's I, 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 what I would say is just to build on what you're saying. Well, again, the tzelim behechal, even though there was psil, there was definitely psilim and 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 eglot from that Yeruvim had set up, there was the Pesel Micha, but it had never been intertwined together in the Heichal. There was a guilt, clearly, in people's minds that they were doing Avodah Zorah. That happened. But that they should actually structure Avodah Hashem as this Frankenstein with Avodah Zorah, that that's in the Heichal Biachad, that I think is the, the trauma that we're referring to. That thing that you can actually believe that this is Avodah Hashem the way God wants it, as opposed to Avodah Zorah that you maybe have a rationalization, but bringing it to the Echo, yes, so that's that. In terms of the Sreifa Satera, even though you're the victim, and they were victims, the, the Sifra Torah being grabbed from them, but that, like you said, knowing 
that it's that the Torah is not inviolate. The fact that the Torah could be burnt, the fact that Torah could be eliminated, somehow weakens. And I think what you're saying it weakens the perception. Came throughout the uh, you know, Tanakh, you know, when we dive in Tivne Chomas Yushalayim, they represent the Torah. Ani Chomazu Torah, you know, Shari Yushalayim, you know, Omzer Shari Yushalayim, Shashav Shi Yoshiv Oskim Betayra. And and the break in Shari Yerushalayim again represent chink in the armor of the Torah, you know that's what Shari Yerushalayim represents, what Chomos Yerushalayim represents, right? And you know, we want to restore the you know the Chomos Yerushalayim that the the Nachash broke, right? Without getting into uh, right now all the, uh, the the metaphysics that you know their representation of Earth is about you know how. You know, within the confines of the world, Yerushalayim is a pure, untainted reality. You know, the breach in the wall is that the, the pure, right? The divorce uh, from Ramos uh, Shapir, why anything in Hebrew is called a davar. Now, I heard that Torah from Ramos Shapira. I heard that Torah applied for many years before I ever learned by him. I heard that the application of that Torah from Wav Weinberg, from Wav Weinberg. Rav Warmbert used to give us schmoozing, you know, uh, you know, from the pulpit, you know, in any language that Yidin spoke, right? Lashon HaKadosh, Yiddish, Ladino. He said, he claimed he checked this out and knew this, you know, the Aramis of the Gemara. Any language that Am Yisrael spoke, you will not find any word for fun. You will not find any word for adventure. Right, uh, you will not find any word as fun adventure. I think you also, I think he, uh, you know, uh, you know, daring, daring, you know, uh, you know, courage in a bad way, like you just like accept a challenge to drink, a, eat a pie tot, you know, that sense. You know, uh, you won't find these words, these are outside of our lexicon, these concepts do not exist for us, right? Oh, another big one was fair. You know, if you were alive today, you would stress maybe equity, right? These are these are all the, these words are they are not in our lexicon because they are evil. They are foreign to Torah concepts, right? So now Rav Weinberg was a man, you know, Yonoed Doresh Vinoem Mekayen, right? That uh, that these weren't just his schmoozing. If you were in a conversation with him. I remember this was reported to me by some guys. They, you know, every once in a while, guys had the option of having a chabura with Rav Weinberg. So uh, they go, uh, they sat in front of Rav Weinberg, and they said, what do you want to have a chabura in? Say, well, we're debating. What's the debate? Well, we want to know if it should be the yeshiva's mesechta or not. So he said, what's the other option? Uh, We don't know. He says, so you're not having a debate, he said. You're not having a debate. That a, a debate is that there are two sides. You have, you don't have a debate. You're having a doubt. You're having a doubt. It's not a debate. No? The, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, this, this um, you know, uh, you know, ex, you know. Uh, Your point is that he was, he demanded an exactitude of language okay. from his students. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm going to explain to you why he was the refuter Kham Lamak. Yeah, but by the way, this, this, this last point is really the essence of a story that Reb Noach used to always tell over about Rav Yaakov Weinberg. Uh, although Reb Noach himself drew a different conclusion, 
uh, from the story, but he says that when he was 12 and Rabbi Yaakov Warnberg was like 18 or something like that, he walked up and said, how do we know we're right? How do we know we're right? He says, what do you mean? How do you know we're right? What do you mean? How do we know? How do we, the Jewish people, know we're right? So he said, explain yourself. So he started, Noach describes how he got very frustrated. And he said, which word did you not understand? How do we know we're right? I said, us or who? What Weinberg countered. Say, you know, and, and, and the message was, you are just plain confused. You don't have a serious intellectual question. You're still confused, right? And so I could give examples over and over how Yaakov Weinberg was very exacting. In so in the, other words, the point, and, just, just for the to clarification of our listeners, yes. Yes. we're indicates that you it's a group vis-a-vis someone else. But if you don't tell me who that other party is, if you don't clarify A versus B, then who are you right against? Right indicates that there are two parties with one of them emerging correctly. And that's what Irv Weinberg sort of upbraided his little brother for, for being, he should be more exact in the way he fashions his questions. Am I, am I, is that the point? Yeah, but, but that just asks the question. You realize you don't really have a question because you misuse your words. You think you're, you're having some big philosophical query and you're stunned confused, right? About fair, adventure, fun. He was very much a Roes and Nolad of, of how, you know, the, you know, if you use your words wrong and we, we think in words, those are the building blocks of thought. The building blocks of thought are words, right? And if your words are, are just approximate, kind of, sort of, right? Right? So your, your whole thoughts are going to be like lopsided edifices, if edifices at all, right? So, you know, so, so, so the, uh, you know, I, in my Hakdama to Evan Shasir, you know, I, I definitely write, and I spoke about this on in, in a forum, and 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 I know we uh, we spent you know, and not in a bad way, we spent uh, a lot of time on Shivas or Batamas per se, uh, and and not in a bad way. I think we uh, I think we clarified a lot of issues, and it was all you know revolved on Rav Yaakov Weinberg's Torah, right? So about how the Rav Yaakov Weinberg's whole uh, life mission was a chatira leemes, dig towards the truth, dig towards the truth. As you know, if you were in Neri Stroll, you ever in a Chabru with him, you know, he didn't want to, he just wanted to sit with the Rishon and sit on his very words. Be mediac on the words. You know, don't tell me he said it like that. I want to see the exact words and I want to work with the exact words. Lo pachos velo yoser. To him, at least the language of the Rishonim wasn't descriptive of their ideas. It was definitive of their ideas. Right. That was the I, I would I would add to that that the first exposure I had to Rav Weinberg was yes. in learning was my Chavrusa um uh Menachem Baumgarten, who was a Talmud of Rav Weinberg, went over the Daf Gimel Med Basin Kedushan with me. And I had learned it from my Rabbeim, but what he did was he took every line, Rabbi Echanan of the Gemara. Right. Every line had to represent a change. What was going on? How was the second line about the Havamina of where Kedusha Kesef goes? How could the Gemara have held that it possibly goes to the father and she is the one that's Makabel? How could, how would maybe think that 
that that that she's the one that's zocha, and the father gets the kesef without being the zocha. All of those things I learned when I was fourteen years old that this was the Rav Weinberg derech, that the Gemara wasn't the means to get to the raid. The Gemara wasn't the stepping stone to get to the Geshmak Ktsois and the Sivas or Sma and Taz, but that the Talmud itself needed to be comprehended and you needed to be able to realize that every line represents a, a, a type of thinking. And if the Gemara changes in its conversation, it means that there was a change in that mindset and you have to force yourself to understand what that is about. That is what I, and again, I, I got it from a cliche, but I would, I think you probably agree that it's not just yeah. the Rishon. It's in the, it's in the Talmudic texts themselves. And perhaps, in, and obviously in, in our armor, the armor of the Torah and the armor of Taiso, of Shivasa Betamus, is that the, the absolute purity, purity of our perceptions and values have been breached on this day. And that's what you know what society is doing to us, throwing at us pseudo values, trying to change the meaning of words, even words that we would agree used to be definitive, like man and woman, spinning them. You know, you know, Re- Re- Weinberg's approach uh, was perhaps a little bit ahead of its time in people being able ahead of the time sense of his door, appreciating the necessity of it. And now, you know, we are, uh, and I have to say this, you know, know, this is the danger of the art school generation, you know, that we are being disconnected from the text of the Torah, God forbid, and and, and no one's sounding the alarm, no one's sounding the alarm, you know, it's it's a commercial Judaism catering just to, uh, not to our milus, to our atzlus, not just atzlus of, of, you know, of, of making time. But Atsu is making an effort. Atsu is of 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 of, uh, of engaging all intellectual gears, which we need as a countermeasure to all the sheker that's out there, right? And Amisol Ayudei Art Scroll is Katzon Latevach Yuval, and no one's saying anything. The agreement with the Gedolim has been broken because read Das Thomas is only for the beginners, right? It, it was supposed to be. Before. It was supposed to be an aid to Talmud study. Yes, it was right. not supposed to supplant. And no one is Talmud. saying anything. And when I speak about this, people bristle. People also are kanoim for the covenant of art school, right? People bristle instead of being embarrassed. All right, you know. Okay, we just had to sound off on that because someone's got to say it. Was it hard to be his Talmud? Was it yes. difficult? Yes, yes. Tarte mashmi. Tarte Mashmahard, it was if you wanted that, you had to be willing to be torn apart. No, and 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 but he made you know he made sure you understood that it's not personal, right? Uh but you know, you, you know, you the closer I was to him, the more he said, why did you say it that way? Now and I remember the exact example I want to tell you. I once picked him up from the airport. Uh he came into BWI. And he asked, was Rebello in the base medrash today? And I said, if my memory serves me right, he was. He turned to me. Why should your memory not serve you right? <laughs> Why did you say that? Uh, I said, um, and I was embarrassed. I didn't know what to answer. Uh, I, I said, I guess what I must must have meant that maybe I meant to say I wasn't 
actually looking to see if he was there or not. So maybe I wasn't exacting. Oh, that's what you meant. You were not looking over the base mirrors in an exacting way to take active notice. Say, so turn to the other guy who's with me. All right, so maybe you remember better. Was Ribeiro there? All right. <laughs> the, the, that was, you know, so now, you know, to be a Talmud was to be subjected to that. And just the opposite, the more comfortable he felt with you, the more he would subject you to that. You know, I was taking a walk with him once after a hurricane. You know, I would say walk with him once after a hurricane and there were branches all over campus. And then there was this big branch blocking our way that we'd have to either step over or walk around. And he looked at it and he said, Yechanan, which tree did this come from? And I'm thinking, who cares? That's what I'm thinking. But I didn't say the quiet part out loud. So I just pointed to the closest tree. Why did you point at that tree? I said, well, because it's the closest. So I'm, I'm being done curled, right? And my stomach came from the closest tree. And he said, look at the leaves of the tree on the floor, on the ground. Now look at the tree leaves of the tree that you pointed to. Are they the same? Uh, no. So he took a quick scan around. The, it came from that one over there. Right? And I didn't understand what in heck does the man want from me. And you should know, there used to be Talmudim, they used to refuse to pick him up from the airport for this reason. I said, no, he's going to drive and I'm going to hit a stop sign. He's going to ask me, why do you suppose a stop sign is necessary on this corner? We passed three corners where there weren't stop signs. And I'm in a bad mood (laughs) because the girl I was dating just dumped me. I don't have the patience for it. I remember a conversation like that. You know, uh, I couldn't pick up this fuss because I didn't have a car. So he was he was really uh, a modern day Socrates, a Yoda. No, no, but you're not missing the point. I understood only years later that when I learned from a real Gemara, right, and I read Rashi and I see Diukim in Rashi, I, 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 it's, I'm not missing the point. That's exactly and everything I that you were. I have Rashi, and the guy was sitting across from me who for him it's an exercise because he generally just reads arts, bro, right? He doesn't see what I'm, what I'm seeing. I understood. He was training me. He was training me. He, right. for some reason, had hopes for me and thought I might be somebody. And he took every opportunity he had to train me. Right? Well, yes, and that's the type of exactitude you need in what branches fall from trees in order to be able to apply that to the real when when you really need exactitude when you really need it and that is of course in our mission as the the people of torah and the people who learn and bond with- i just want to say you know why was rabbi Yaakov weinberg fascinated with the yud gimel ikrin and 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 that you know it was a it was it was a, a very favorite topic and i collated you know the ksavim and the recordings from many tkufas and and you know, and and and, and and his fondness of the Limud can also be explained by his novel thesis. Because everyone wonders, what are the Yud Gibel Ikrim about? You, you have to believe every word of Torah is true, as per the eighth Ikr. Every word is, you know, from Moshe Bipiagbura, the Rambam does not paskin like the Mandomar, even the last eight Sukkim. Rambam paskin the Mandomar, even Lene Koisro, Zakomi, Moshe Bipiagbura. 
right? You, uh, you, know, uh, you have to believe in every word of Torah. It's not the comprehensive list of everything you have to believe in, right? And if you want of some type of really mini basic religious structure, so Rav Yosef will gave you your three ikrim. Mitzias Hashem, Tormin Hashemayim, Schar Vonesh, this thing, oh, everyone asks on the Rambam, these 13, they're nishtahin, nishtaher. They don't make up a very simple structure to then go with Albo. It's not the comprehensive list either. What are the Yud Gimel Ikrim? So you know what Rav Yaakov Weinberg's thesis was, right? You know, and he said it better than anyone in history. The closest who got him was the Abarbanel and the Rosh Hamana, but the, no one ever said it better, and I read a lot on the Yud Gimel Ikrim, than Rav Yaakov Weinberg. The Rambam is giving you a certain background of ideas that only with these background of ideas will you be able to accept the Torah as an absolute truth. As an absolute truth. You need to know certain things about God. It's not enough to know that there is a God. You need to know five things about God to know that he is an absolute being. So if he's only, because only an absolute being can give you an absolute terror, right? You need to know four things about Torah Min HaShemayim to know that the type of Torah that he gave you is an absolute Torah, right? And, and the most pronounced of them being the ninth Iker, which Albo even argued on, but the ninth Iker, the Torah can never change. In the words of Yaakov Weinberg, would you be willing to die al Kiddush Hashem for a certain halacha? Let's say they challenge you, not, not would you be willing to die if that halacha could become bottle tomorrow? And say, well, <laughs> I'll take my chances, see if that halacha will ever become bottle, and I won't die out Kiddush Hashem today if it become bottle tomorrow, right? And then you need to know four things about Scarborough to understand that Torah makes an absolute difference. The consequences are absolute. So that's what the Yud Gimel Ikrim are, a, giving you a certain philosophical background to relate to God as an absolute God and the Torah that he gave as an absolute Torah Right and 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 that this Torah has absolute consequences. Another, you know, you know, definitely a thorn in the eye of anyone who has been corrupted by woke ideology. We have the absolute truth that transcends any type of morality. We have an absolute Torah. So it's so apropos. His take on Yud Gimel Ekrim explains why he was into Yud Gimel Ekrim and explains his own gisha to Torah. Torah is the MS. And I want to know that MS. I don't want to know ideas that make me feel the absolute truth. Me, Taylor. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.